Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back or welcome to Behind the Girl Boss. I'm your host Amanda and if you didn't know anything about me already, my name is Amanda. I'm a 22 year old content creator from Montreal, Canada. I currently go to school full time at Concordia University studying communication studies and I also do YouTube, Instagram blogging, this podcast. I have two businesses, one being an apparel company and one being a candle company and I also do freelance video editing on the side. So that's a little bit about me. This podcast, Behind the Girl Boss, like it's called, I like to discuss things all about business, business lifestyle, business by itself, and lifestyle by itself. I enjoy to talk to other individuals, mainly women. I've only had women on the podcast. And I just love to talk about how they got to where they are today, their journey, where they hope to be in a few years, and all those fun things. I love to talk to people who do social media, um, whether it be YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I also love to talk to people who own their own business and literally the list can go on. So that's what this podcast is about. Um, before we jump into this week's episode, I just want to say I took a week off last week from YouTube and from the podcast because I felt like, you know, sometimes when you just get like overwhelmed by everything going on. I just had to take a step back. I felt like school was overwhelming me. I felt like everything I was trying to do was overwhelming me and I didn't plan my week out properly and it just like was an overwhelming time. So I took a step back and I took a week off, but I'm back and I'm better than ever. Yeah, I just want to remind you guys that if you ever feel like you need to take time off to just recuperate and just like get back to a good place, like you can, it's okay to do so. So today's episode, we have a guest and her name is Natalie Barbu. Natalie is a full-time YouTuber who has over 280,000 subscribers. She also owns her own agency, which is called Barbu Agency, and it's a PR and marketing agency. She also has her own podcast called The Real Real Podcast, and she does so many other things, and she's so inspiring, and I was so nervous before this podcast episode just because I followed her for over... A little over three years now and i don't know just sometimes like i just want to sound good and i want it to go well and since she's used to doing her own podcast i'm like i just want her to think that like this is a good podcast um but from what i felt i felt like it went really well and it's so cool because like we don't actually know each other in real life um we've never met but i felt like i was like talking to a friend so it was really nice um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. You'll learn so much about her, so much about social media, and the list goes on. So I hope you guys enjoy this, and here we go. So hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today I have yet another guest, and we have Natalie. So hi, Natalie. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Thanks so much for coming on. Do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so I have a YouTube channel, I have a podcast, I have my own agency that I just recently started, so it's really, really small, Um, but I've been doing YouTube ever since I was 15, so since 2011, I think is when I started YouTube, I was really young, Um, and then I kind of just stuck with it and really loved it, and it's brought me so many opportunities that I would never believe, like I'm Uh, I went to college and I was continuing to do it. And then I was able to quit my full-time job at Accenture to do YouTube full-time. And it's just allowed me to like start my own business and to, I don't know, just having, being my own boss at 24 is like crazy. So it's been, it's been awesome, but yeah, it's kind of like the main things that I do. Awesome. So before I kind of jump into the questions, I like to do a little hot seat segment to kind of like break the ice and everything. So what is one TV show you can watch over and over and still not get tired of? 
Oh, I think this one would be One Tree Hill, I would say. I love One Tree Hill. I feel like I'm the only person that's never watched it. Really? Yeah. You're watching Gossip Girl now, right? Yeah. My first time watching that too, so. Yeah. I like Gossip Girl, but sometimes it goes, it gets a little unrealistic or like it goes a little downhill Mm -hmm. towards the end, but like One Tree Hill stays pretty good throughout the entire show. So maybe that'll be my next one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What is your go-to drink? Um, I love getting like a coffee drink. I always do like oat milk latte and then like an alcoholic drink. I'll do normally just like either a cocktail with like vodka in it or I'll do a beer. Um, and what is one place you want to travel to? Um, I really want to go to Romania because that's someplace that I've never been and my dad is from there. So I think it'd be cool to just see the like where my family comes from you know and Mm -hmm. I've never been and like I speak the language somewhat so I think it'd just be cool to kind of go there and see like what that world is like and what the country is like there yeah for sure um so I kind of split our podcast into sections so we're gonna start off with talking about your college life YouTube your agency and then some questions that people asked on Instagram okay awesome where did you go to college and what did you study I went to NC State, and it's in North Carolina, and then I studied industrial engineering. Like, how would you describe your college lifestyle? Um, I would say in college, I, I mean, I chose engineering because I really wanted something that was, like, well-rounded, and, like, I was, like, I want to start my own business one day, but I didn't want to major in business because I didn't only want to major in business. Like, I, I don't know. I wanted something a little more broad, and I felt like industrial engineering provided me more of those opportunities that I was looking for. Um, So that's why I did that. But I feel like I was very um, into YouTube when I was in college. So honestly, I didn't have the biggest social life because I was doing that a lot. And I didn't go out as much as like a normal college student, I guess. Like on the weekends, I would like to go out, but I definitely wasn't one of those person or one of those people that was like out every single weekend and like like, it was probably, like, one weekend a month that I would, like, go out and, like, be really social, but the rest, I really did, like, focus on YouTube on my weekends and, like, all my free times. So, did you do any internships during school? Yeah, so I did an internship with Ralph Lauren, actually, but it was with their supply chain, so it was, like, in okay. their industrial engineering department, or not department, but, like, the people I worked with were also industrial engineers, and it was with supply chain um, at their warehouse. So it was in like a really small city in North Carolina um, at a warehouse. Like it wasn't like glamorous Ralph Lauren in New York. Um, yeah. I remember having a meeting with like all the other interns and like all the other ones were in New York City. And I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> it was like a Zoom call. Um, but yeah, I had that internship. And then after that summer, I decided to focus on YouTube. So that was the only internship that I had. Okay. So if you could go back to school, would you stick with the degree that you have now or do you think you would have done something else? Um, I actually would stick with the degree that I had now because I felt like everything else like business related that I learned, I just learned through like doing YouTube and working with um, like starting my podcast and like trying to start my agency. Like all of that has taught me so much that I don't think I needed to go to get like a business degree or a marketing degree. I feel like that in itself was like a degree on its own. So I Mm -hmm. am glad that I did that because now if anything happens, I always have my industrial engineering degree to fall back on as well as like my experience and everything else. So I don't think I would go back and do anything differently. Makes sense. So what was the process like for you post-grad with job hunting and everything? 
Yeah. So for me, I actually got my job October, I believe it was October of my senior year. So it was really early in senior year, um, which I'm very, very grateful for. But we had a career fair and I looked at a bunch of like companies at the career fair and kind of tried to see which ones I wanted to talk to because there's so many you have to definitely have like a plan of like who you're going to talk to you can't just like wander around so I was looking and I really was interested in consulting because a lot of my friends were doing it Um, I knew that that was a very like broad field to go into and you could do so much with it so I looked at the consulting companies coming and Accenture was one of them and I've I've heard of them before like just in classes or like other people that have worked there, but I never really knew what they were. So when I looked up their website and like what projects they work on, I was just really interested in like the projects that they did and like how they were kind of, they had their hand in like so many different industries. Um, And so I became like obsessed with Accenture. And so I like networked with them really hard. Like I went to the career fair, I made sure to like have conversations with them. And then I like emailed them afterwards. I went to their net, they had like another networking event on campus And then they had invited some people that went to that networking event to like a networking dinner. So I was like very adamant about them. Like I didn't really have my sights on like a bunch of different companies. And really, I was just like, I just want to get this job and that's it. So I'm going to put all my efforts into it, which looking back, maybe I should have like spent time with other people in case I didn't get the job. But I was just like, if I just focus all my time onto them, then I'll get it. And so I just focused a lot of time on them. I studied a lot for like the case study question, the case study Mm -hmm. interview. Um, I probably, I mean, I wouldn't say I study a lot. Some people study for like months. I did like a week of studying. So I don't, (laughs) I don't know if that's a lot, but I did a bunch of practice case studies. Um, I did a bunch of like mock interviews with my friends. And then in the interview process, it was like a three step or three day interview process. Um, And you found out like the following week, but in my interview process, I was just, I talked, I was so surprised at how much I talked about like what I did like with YouTube on it. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. expect to talk that much about it. Um, But it was something I think that set me apart. And like, obviously you can spin anything with like resume lingo, you know, like it's like I optimized this or I grew this. So like just talking about it in a more business standpoint was kind of nice and refreshing and showing them that like, it honestly is like running your own business. So I think that's Mm -hmm. what like made me stand out. So I always tell people like, if you have something that makes you stand out, even if it's not your full-time job at that point, I was not making like nearly enough money to do it full-time. Like I was like still a hobby for me, but like you can still put it on your resume and like make it sound really great. And like, no matter what you start, like if it's a podcast, uh, even like an Instagram account that you grew a lot, you know, like all of those things you can add on Mm -hmm. your resume and like make you stand out. So yeah, that was like my job hunt. It really was only that one job though. I didn't really apply to many others. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Cause I hear like a lot of people, like personally, I'm still in school, so I haven't like gone through that whole process, but some people say it's really easy. And then some people say it's really hard. So I feel like, yeah, I think it depends. I mean, it definitely depends on your school. It depends on your major. It depends on the opportunities at the time. Like, I think it depends on so much. I was just really lucky that they had come to my school because I don't Mm -hmm. know if, I definitely think it would have been much, much, much more difficult if I had to apply just on their website, not through like my career portal at the school. Yeah, I feel that. So when did you start your YouTube channel and why? I started um, back in 2011. So it's almost been 10 years, which is crazy. And I did it Mm -hmm. really because no one, like I was at, all my friends did sports in high school and I just didn't. And so like after school and during the summers, they were all like at practice and doing like 
their like extracurriculars and I really had like nothing to do. So I was so bored Mm -hmm. and I would always watch YouTube. And at this point it was like girls that did their makeup and like the beauty gurus of uh, like the early 2000s, I guess. And like, um, I was like, oh, I feel like they, I can do that. Like, it's something that I like to do. Like, I like playing with makeup and like, they're just in their bedrooms filming on their computer. Like, that's not that hard, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, let me try to do this. Cause like, it's cool what they're doing. And I like watching them and I feel like I could do the same thing. So I just pulled up my laptop, filmed a, I remember my first video was like an Aria Montgomery makeup tutorial from like Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, did her makeup tutorial, which is so funny looking back. Cause like these makeup tutorials that I did, like, I don't know why I like named it Aria Montgomery. Cause it's like, I don't know if I, I, I don't even know if I looked at a picture of her and was like, oh, let me try to look like, like, I was just like, oh, this is what she wears, having no clue. Um, but yeah, so I did that. And that was my very first video. And I was just like hooked after that. I like loved it. I Because this is before social media really was a thing. I think Facebook was mm-hmm. a thing then, but like Instagram wasn't a thing yet. So I, this is the first time I've had random people commenting on my stuff. And like that. I guess in my head, I was like, this is so cool. Cause of Facebook, it's like only your friends. Like it's not random people. Yeah. And so YouTube was really the first like social media for me where I got validation in a way from like other random people and like other people were commenting on my stuff or like subscribing. And it wasn't a lot. It was like, I remember the first day I got like three subscribers and those three subscribers, I was like, oh my gosh, like, who are they? Like, I wanted to look them up. I wanted to see who they were. So I think just after that, I was like, I want to keep making videos. Like, this is cool. Um, and so, yeah, I started doing that because I was always obsessed with like Tumblr and like all that type of stuff. So I think YouTube for me was just a fun way of also like expressing myself. No, I feel that. I'm exactly the same way. Like when I first started YouTube, my videos were like Justin Bieber fan videos. Like it's so embarrassing, (laughs) but like, it was just so cool to like see people subscribing to you that like, you have no idea who they were. And like, I was also like 16, I think when I started. So I was also young. So it's just like, it was a fun thing. And now it just grew on me. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you evolve over time. Like that's why whenever mm-hmm. people don't want to start because they're like, oh, I just like, I don't have, I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to do this. I'm like, no one did when they first started. You yeah. just like learn as you go. <laughs> yes, for sure. So if someone asks you right now, what your channel is all about, what do you like, how do you pitch it to them? I would say it's lifestyle, but I like to focus on productivity and I would say like helping people out with like their own YouTube channels or their own social media. So I would just say lifestyle slash productivity is how I would describe it. Yeah, makes sense. So when you started your channel, were you ever scared of people finding your channel and making fun of it? Because it's something that I hear so much from people like just starting out. Oh yeah, I didn't tell anyone. I never officially announced it until I went to college. So I was like two years, did not want to tell anyone, but people had found out. Um, I guess just if they like stumbled across my video or like maybe looked up my name. I don't even know if I had my last name on there at that point, but if, you know, if they found it and so people did find out and like, I did get made fun of. I wouldn't say I got bullied or anything because I think I just like took everything to heart. Like if someone made one comment like, oh, I saw your video. I'd be like, oh my God, they're making fun of me. You know what? Mm -hmm. They might not necessarily be making fun of me, but I was just so embarrassed about it. And like, there were times when like guys at my school would like play it in front of people or like, I remember there was like a party and like people were all watching it there. And I was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Um, And then they would like Snapchat me like, oh, we're watching your video and just be like a group of people laughing. And I'm like, (laughs) this is so great. 
Um, so I was really embarrassed about that. But once I got to college, I realized like, this is something I really want to pursue. I can't keep hiding it. And I would literally like on my Instagram account, I would delete comments that would say like, I love your YouTube channel because I was so embarrassed. I was like, no one can find out about this. So I'd literally mm-hmm. delete comments like that. And people would ask me sometimes like, why do you have so many random followers? Cause I had like a few thousand. And at that point, a few thousand was like so many, maybe I had like, yeah. like a thousand followers and it was like so many followers at, at that time. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, that's so weird. You know, like I never mm-hmm. said, Oh, it's cause I do YouTube. Um, but then once I got to college, I was like, listen, we're 18, we're adults. If you care what I'm doing, <laughs> then that shows more on you than on me. So I'm just going to announce it. And like, if you make fun of it, if you care, then like, goodbye, like you can unfollow me. Like that's, you know? And so, yeah, I, I just did that. And then I was always scared of being like, I don't know, like posting too many photos of myself or posting, you know, like I didn't, I thought I did care a lot about what people thought, but just as the years went Mm -hmm. on, I was like, this just doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. I'm just going to do, do me and like, whatever, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's literally so funny because I did the exact same thing. So I didn't tell anyone until I went to college and I like posted a video. And at the beginning of the video, I was literally like, like, if you guys want to make fun of me, that's okay. Like, I don't care. So it's just like, it's funny. And I think it's also funny how nowadays, like YouTube is something that everyone wants to do. And it's Mm -hmm. so like, like no one makes fun of it anymore. I know. I know. It's, it's really, I mean, it's nice. Like I'm glad that it's more Mm -hmm. normal now. I do think though, I, sometimes I've noticed like if someone starts a YouTube channel and they're like not doing, like, I feel like now because there's so many people that you can look up to is like, Oh, they have 10 million followers. They have 5 million followers. It's like when you start, you're expecting that like success instantly. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing I'm like, listen, it takes some people years to get any subscribers or followers, but like you have to stick to it. So I just hope that like encourages people that no matter what, like stick to it because you never know when like a spike might happen, but also like Mm -hmm. it's not going to be like an overnight thing. Yeah, for sure. So what are your favorite types of videos to make? Um, I really love editing vlogs. Vlogs are my favorite to edit. I really like, I personally love filming them just because I like looking back at them too. You know, like mm-hmm. later down, I'm like, oh, what was I doing this day or like during this time of my life? Um, but I also like filming like informative videos that I feel like might not be out there. Like my, when I was filming my videos about like what it's like to work at a consulting firm or what it's like to major in engineering. Like I really liked those because I felt like I didn't see those from just like a normal person. Like everyone that talked about that had an account that was about solely about engineering or solely about business. And it wasn't that like relatability that I wanted. So I like Mm -hmm. filming videos like that, that bring that relatability to it too. You know, I don't know. I feel like it, it makes people feel less alone in that or like I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like anytime I search how to like what it's like to be an engineering student, something would come up, but it'd be like an engineering account that would come up and it would be, it wouldn't be that like relatable factor that I wanted. So I loved filming those videos. Like those were really fun for me to film. So what do you film and edit with? And do you edit all your videos on your own or do you have someone that helps you with that? I edit, I, well, sometimes I have someone that helps me, but very, very, very rarely. Like I don't even remember the last video she edited of mine because I procrastinate a lot. So whenever I need to upload a video, it's like the next day. And usually if I send it to an editor, I need like a week in advance, you know, for them to like get the file and edit it. So it's only when I'm like really on top of it that I'll have an editor, but 
usually I edit and it's with Final Cut Pro is what I like the software that I use. And I, I really like it. Um, and then I have a G or no, I don't have a G7X. I do have it, but I don't really use it anymore. I have a Canon EOS M50. This is my camera now. And I really like it. It's a little big. So I think the Canon G7X is better for like more portability, but mm-hmm. I really do like this one. Cause like the audio is better and I feel like it like focuses better. So yeah, I have the same camera actually. Yeah. The M50. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I like it a lot. You currently have over 286,000 subscribers on YouTube. Um, Was this growth more like a gradual one for you or did you have viral videos? How did you get to that point? Definitely gradual. I mean, I started so long ago and I feel like some people that started even two years ago have like way, way, way more subscribers than Mm -hmm. me. You know, it's like totally depends. So mine was definitely gradual. I think the biggest spike I've ever had is 20,000 in one month. That's been by far the biggest, um, like growth, I guess. And it's cause I had a few mm-hmm. popular videos at once. Um, but I haven't had any like viral videos. I've had videos that have done really well, but they do well over time. I've never mm-hmm. been like close to being on the trending page or anything like that. It's always been like over time they do well. And because I've been doing YouTube for so long, it's like, they continue to do well over time. So like now they've done really well, but like two years ago, they might not have. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would definitely say it's been gradual for me. Do you ever get in unmotivated or uncreative moods and how do you overcome that? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I get into like burnout or I feel burnout, burnt out, or I'll get into like a funk a lot of times. But for me, Mm -hmm. I guess what helps me is like taking a break with it. Like I, don't think that you need to work, 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 work. Like I think that you can take breaks and like, that's okay. Because if you don't, then you really are going to be burnt out and you're going to like burn yourself out for like three weeks, you know? So whenever I'm feeling unmotivated, I'll just like take the day off or try to do little things. Like I'll be like, okay, what can I do? That's not like that stressful or that's not, you know, like, so I might do something like smaller that's still productive, but like Mm -hmm. allows me to still rest or like all just go on a walk or I'll listen to a podcast or I'll take a break in the middle of my day. And if I want to keep working at night, then I will, you know? So I, I really do believe that breaks really help when you are feeling like not creative. For sure. So at what point during your YouTube career were you like, okay, it's like time to quit my job and pursue this full time? Yeah. Um, so for me, I quit, I think nine months into my job and it was because I was, essentially working two full-time jobs. Like my YouTube channel was really growing quickly and I was getting very overwhelmed with everything that I needed to do with not only just work, but with like YouTube, like I had to come home and edit and I would, I would literally like edit during my lunch breaks and I would edit when I came home from work and on the weekends. And sometimes I would even like wake up early in the morning to film a video. Like it was just like very unrealistic and that was like definitely my most like exhausted point. And I felt like I couldn't do anything. And I just felt honestly, like I was like drowning and like, thankfully mm-hmm. my job at Accenture wasn't that demanding. It was very, very like nine to five. I um, worked from home on Fridays. So like I, if I didn't have that, like I would not have been able to do it. So I'm very thankful that it wasn't the most demanding job. Um, but it was still very exhausting. And like, I would just, just feeling so anxious all the time. And so I, mm-hmm. at first I was like, oh, I'm going to quit whenever the year is up. So I was supposed to quit at like the end of December. 
And then I was like, okay, no, 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 maybe I can quit once I hit the year mark. Like once I work for Accenture for a year, you know, it's good to have that on your resume. So I was like, I'll quit in September. And then like, I got this opportunity to travel in June and it was like a travel for like two weeks. And I was like, oh, I really want to do this. So I need to like quit before this. Um, and it wasn't even for my YouTube channel, but I was literally going with a friend. Like I was going with a friend for, and I was like her plus one wasn't even any like opportunity for me, but I just really wanted to do it. And I knew that I financially could with YouTube. So Mm -hmm. I was like, there's no point in waiting until September if I can do it now. So I just ended up quitting at the end of May. Um, and for me, I was really big on saving money. Like the entire time I was working at Accenture, I was like, I don't want to touch my salary at Accenture because I know eventually I want to quit. So I, I would never have quit if I didn't have like a financial cushion, you know, Mm -hmm. if I wasn't like financially stable. So I saved my salary. And then once I felt like I was like ready, and then once I felt overwhelmed, I was like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to wait the year mark. Cause it's not even like I was looking for another job. Like, I feel like that's more important when you're quitting and then looking for another job so that your resume doesn't look like you've been bouncing around. But like, for me, I was like, I don't want to work for someone else. So who cares? You know, like that, that year doesn't matter. So yeah, I quit in May and it was so nice. It was like very, very freeing and it was great. (laughs) I I loved it. (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, I haven't worked like a corporate job or anything right now, but like, I don't know. I I'm in retail and I'm just like, I'm tired of it. And I'm excited for like when I can reach that point and like work for myself. But um, a question I had was how did you like go about from having like a salary so like you knew how much you would get like every two weeks or something to like YouTube salary because like it's kind of like sometimes I feel like some months you'll get more than others and it's sort of like freelancing so how did you like make that switch yeah so for me I never tried to spend as much as I was making because I knew that oh yeah maybe this month will be really great but next month might not be you know so I can't yeah like I can't spend like I was making that really great month. So I tried always to spend less than like what my projected salary would be because I didn't want to have like lifestyle creep or like Mm -hmm. I didn't want to overspend. So for me, I kind of just made myself a budget and was like, I'm not going to spend over this amount any, like any month and like the rest I'll just put Mm -hmm. in my savings, you know, like I'll just put the rest in my savings and like save it for a rainy day or like save up to buy a house or whatever. So that's kind of what I did. Um, and I knew because I was doing YouTube for like, I was making money off of YouTube for a few months to like a year since, um, when I quit my job, I kind of knew how much I was making every month. You know, Mm -hmm. like I knew what was on average. Like, even if I had a bad month, I at least had savings. I wasn't going to spend as much as I like was actually making. So I still knew it wasn't like I quit and then started making money the next month. Like I was already making money from it before. So I just estimated that. And like with YouTube also, you don't get paid until two, one month to two months later of whatever you do. Yeah. So I always know kind of what I'm going to get paid in like the next two months because it's like stuff that I did a while ago. So Mm -hmm. I, I can kind of like see in that way, like, okay, like next month might not be good because two months ago, I didn't really get any brand deals, but or it's like, oh, next month will be great because two months ago I got a lot. And like, I can always see my AdSense. So I can always see like the projected AdSense. So I can kind of know what I'm making and it never like drops drastically. You know, it's never like a drastic drop. It's usually just like incremental. So yeah, I can kind of tell, but I never know the exact amount. Makes sense. So you have an agency called Barbu Agency. Why and when did you decide to start this? 
So I started that, well, I guess I started it technically when I started my consultations. It wasn't called that, but it mm-hmm. all goes under the same funnel. Um, so I started when I started consultations. I just realized kind of, again, with that like relatability factor with even like the engineering videos or like the consulting videos, I never saw anyone doing or like teaching people how to start YouTube channels unless that's like all they talked about. You know, like there are those mm-hmm. channels that that's all they do and that's all they talk yeah. about but they don't have other videos besides, oh, here's how to grow. So I wanted, I was like, there's a lot of people that want to start YouTube channels that don't want to, that want to film vlogs and they want to film like lifestyle content. And like, no one's really telling them how to grow that, you know, like, it's like, yeah, I didn't notice that at least like, maybe there are a lot of people that do that, but like, I just didn't find it. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I get that question all the time. I'm always encouraging my friends to start YouTube channels. Like I literally will tell every single one of my friends to start a YouTube channel. (laughs) I'm like, it's so much fun. Like I'm always encouraging them. And like, whenever they start, I'm always the one that's telling them kind of how to start it or like giving them advice. So I was like, what if, I mean, I'm sure my subscribers would want this because I get this question all the time in my DMs, you know? And so um, I was like, okay, I'm just going to start doing like one-on-one consultations with people. I feel like people need like personalized help and it's better than just like one, you know, like I, I was like, if I give like personalized help, it could help them. So we started that. That was really great. And I really loved that. But I always knew that my end goal was to work with businesses and to work with brands. Mm-hmm. But I was like, let me start with individuals because I feel like it was less pressure because it's just like one-on-one. And yeah. I was like, and I feel like it's, easier to start. You know, it's easier to get clients on an individual level rather than getting like a big contract for an agency. So I was like, I'll start with that and then move on to businesses. And so I'm really glad I did that because now really I want businesses to kind of treat their marketing campaigns as influencers treat themselves, like how influencers market themselves because influencers have such a trusting audience. They have such a loyal audience and like they have super high engagement and brands just are still, I feel like missing the mark with how to like reach their desired audience. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I really want to help businesses and brands, um, kind of work as if they like have that same marketing mindset as if they were an influencer as well. So pretty much what I try to do is like connect brands to their desired audiences. And there's a lot of different ways that we go about that with like podcast pitching or influencer marketing campaigns or like social media strategy. But that's ultimately the goal. And so it's kind of just pivoted from individuals to brands. And mm-hmm. then I have the Patreon, which, you know, and that's like, kind of, I was like, I don't get rid of helping individuals. So how can I do it in a like, larger scale? Um, yeah. That's still like personalized, still helpful. So that's when I thought of Patreon. Cause I know my friend Katie Bellotti just started a Patreon or not just, mm-hmm. but at that point, she just started a Patreon. Yeah. I was like, oh, what is that? Like, I never saw what it was or I didn't know what it was. And I was like, oh, this is like perfect for kind of what I want to do. So that's kind of how that started and how I phased out one-on-ones and then worked more with like brands. And so that's why I came up with like an agency name because I was like, it sounds more legit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I did. Awesome. So how many people work within your agency right now? So I have one girl, um, Hani, she started as an intern and I feel like her roles are definitely not like an intern anymore. They're definitely more just Mm -hmm. like a part-time employee for me. Um, she's amazing. She's been a subscriber of mine for some time and she was just always in my like DMS and always, you know, just like always chatting with me. And when she applied, um, I don't know, the interview process went really well. So Mm -hmm. love her. And then I have an assistant, Liz, who really helps me with like podcast editing. So it's not for the agency at all, 
but she just handles some emails and then she does like my podcast editing for me. So that's like super, super helpful. So if someone were to start their own agency, what steps would you tell them to take first? Um, I think the first step is to find out who you want your clients to be. Like what do you, or what problem do you want to solve? Who do you want your clients to be? And try getting some experience related to that, whether you're doing that for free in the beginning, whether you're doing it on a lower scale, like working with really small businesses, but I realize with just any agency connections are really important. And so yeah, that's why like starting out small or starting out for free or starting out at a discount is really huge because you have to get people to trust you because there's so many people out there doing similar things and you need yeah. to get people to trust you. So that was like the biggest thing for me is like finding clients to this day is still definitely the most difficult thing. But I feel like when you really like give people incentives, like giving them that first discount or giving, having like an initial call with people and like actually pitching yourself, I think that's another big thing. It's like, not only mm-hmm. do they have to trust you, but how are you going to even let them know who you are? So you have to pitch yourself. So I've been posting in like a million Facebook groups. I've been e- cold emailing a bunch of businesses that I think would be like cool to work with. I've been DMing people. Like it's a lot of outreach yourself. So that's definitely something yeah. that I was not used to. Awesome. So the last part of my podcast, I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions and I got a ton. So I picked like some of my favorite ones. Um, so someone would like to know what's your top five podcasts to listen to and why? Oh, okay. Um, I love how I built this. That's like one of my absolute favorite ones. It's by Guy Raz and it's an NPR podcast and they just interview a bunch of entrepreneurs and like really big entrepreneurs. So love that podcast. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I listen to regularly. I listen to the boss babe podcast a lot. I like her guests. Um, I listened to We Bought a House by Claudia and Phineas because I just feel like it's so like, mm-hmm. it's one of those that's like, it doesn't make me feel productive, but I just like like listening to it because I just yeah. like them. And so me I too. really like that. Um, I like Michelle Reed's podcast a lot. I forgot what it's called. Oh, but what's next? Yeah, that podcast is really great. And then my friend Jada has a podcast called High Key Adulting. And she just has a really cool guest and she's just like such a good interviewer and she's so nice. So I love her podcast too. Awesome. Someone else would like to know, do you have any favorite small or underrated creators? Yeah, um, I have a lot. I feel like I've done a video kind of highlighting a few of them. Um, I have a lot of friends that have started YouTube channels. So I just like really love their YouTube channels. Like my friend Julie just moved from Costa Rica. um, And I just, it feels like I'm just like catching up with her on a call when I watch Mm -hmm. her YouTube videos. So her name's like Juliana Bernini. um, And she just moved from Costa Rica to Dallas. Um, and then I have like my friend Rabia. So she lives in the Netherlands, her videos. I'm not just saying this cause she's my friend. If I stumbled across her videos, I would feel the same way. Her videos are the funniest video. Like I die laughing. Like I'm like cracking up <laughs> watching these videos cause she is just so funny and it's just like vlogs and normal videos, but like, she's just so funny. So I love Rabia. Um, and then I also have like the redhead academic that I really like. Um, I've been watching your vlogs and I really like them. Like, like I love just like vlogs. Like I'm really big into like that lifestyle content. So there's a lot that I really like. Awesome. Um, someone else would like to know what's your favorite brand deal you've ever done and why? Oh, this is a good one. Um, trying to think what like cool, I mean, I've, I've worked with so many amazing brands. I'm really like lucky about uh, or lucky for, but 
I know I've worked with like Lululemon and that's always been crazy to me because I've been obsessed with Lulu. Like I've always been buying their stuff. So I was like, that's super cool working with them. Um, I love like any like workout set company. So I like Fabletics when I worked with them as well, which I know they're competitors, but I love them both. Like they're literally mm-hmm. both my absolute favorite workout brands. Um, I've worked with Nordstrom before, which has been really, really cool. So all of those have been just like really crazy. And I've, I've gotten an opportunity once with YouTube to like pitch something for YouTube. And that wasn't a brand deal. Cause I didn't have to like post anything, but just like having that opportunity, I was like, that's yeah. incredible. Like, I can't believe that YouTube knows who I am, you know, like that someone yeah, that works yeah. at YouTube knows who I am. So that was really cool. Awesome. And the last question is what advice do you have for those just starting out in the world of content creation? The biggest one is to just start. So if you're thinking about it and you don't know if you want to do it, just get on it and start it. Um, But also be consistent even when it's not like growing as much as you think, because I think it's people just see success and they're like, oh, I want that overnight. And it's just kind Mm -hmm. of like I said, like it doesn't happen that quickly. So consistency is the biggest thing, but also with consistency, seeing like what does well and what doesn't and pivoting your content to, you know, like make sure that you're making content that actually does well, because maybe there is something that you're doing that you could be doing better. So really just like being consistent throughout, but analyzing what your channel likes and like what your viewers like and what they don't or like analyzing other popular creators and seeing what they're doing and trying to kind of recreate, not recreate because I don't want you to copy, but you know, see what they're doing that you can implement into your own channel. So um, all of that I think is really like something I would tell people, but also I think people also focus a lot on the equipment and on like editing software and editing in general. And that does not matter. Like if you have a good video, it doesn't matter if it's filmed on your iPhone. Also iPhone videos are like just as good now as any other video. So like that doesn't matter. People just want to watch it because they like your content. So don't stress that much about spending a lot of money on equipment because you really don't need to. Awesome. Well, that's all I have for you today. So thank you so much again for coming on. Um, Before you go, do you want to shout out your socials for anyone that may not know you yet? Thanks. Yeah, no, this was really fun. Um, Yeah, everything is just Natalie Barbu. So YouTube, Instagram, even Patreon, everything is just my name. And then my podcast is The Real Real Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you listen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much once again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really do hope you enjoyed it and I hope you got to learn a little bit more about Natalie or if you didn't know who she was already, I hope you got to learn about a new creator and new marketing agency and do not forget to go support her on her journey and just, yeah, I really enjoy her content and I think you guys would also. She's one of the only YouTubers that I actually like consistently watch when she uploads a video, so I highly recommend and if you want to support my journey and follow me along, you like you certainly can. Um, my Instagram is either at Behind the Girl Boss or at It's Amanda Wan. And you can follow me on YouTube. It's Amanda Wan is my YouTube channel name. And yeah, don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it on. And if it's on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a review if you enjoyed it. And yeah, so once again, I hope you enjoyed it and I will hear you next time.